are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 167. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hey, young moms, what's up? We have a very special guest, a very, very, very special guest today, Kaylee Alyssa, my yoga ninja teacher and really good friend. I'm just like so excited we've reconnected over the past couple of months because I've been in her yoga ninja training. So Kaylee is with us today and we're going to talk about all things yoga nidra and why you should care about yoga nidra so welcome kaylee to the podcast give us a little intro about who you are what do you do where do you live everything hi i'm so happy to be here so my name is kaylee as laura mentioned and i run the academy of yogic sleep which is a yoga nidra certification program and so i train people to learn how to guide and facilitate the technique of yoga nidra which is also known as non-sleep deep rest or psychic sleep or yogic sleep and so it's a really beautiful technique and really effective technique. As Laura knows, she's now been practicing for and in the program with me for, gosh, almost four months now, which is wild. So, so yeah, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I love it. So you guys, just a little background. I fell in love with the practice of yoga nidra like, I don't know, 12 years ago when I was getting my yoga teacher training certification through yoga works, but they did not teach yoga nidra like at all. I just happened to find it because this woman, Amy, who was assisting our teacher training was very into it. She came from like the Bihar method or whatever. And I just mm. became obsessed with it. And I would listen to this like 20 minute recording she gave to us on Dropbox, like every day, all the time. And it's really what I attribute to helping me and like really getting me through two postpartum periods. It was so restful. Like I just felt like my nervous system was kind of like jacked during those times. For example, my daughter was in the hospital for like a month and she and I just did yoga nidra for like an entire month in the hospital. And my son was kind of a tough newborn. So I was I was constantly needing rest and it was, oh my gosh, I like attribute my ability to like be there for them and not fall into like the deep depths of postpartum anxiety to yoga nidra. So I've experienced like crazy profound effects. And I've just known for a while that the yummy mummies need nidra because we do so much thought work. We do so much coaching. We're kind of in our heads. Yes, we do a lot of emotional work as well. But I'm like, I have to bring this to them. So you guys, it was so kismet because I was like, it's time for me to bring Nidra to the Yum Mums. And then like literally your Yoga Nidra training, like Academy of Yoga Sleep, like came up randomly on my feed, like the day it opened. It was like so yeah, randomly. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it was so <laughs> synchronistic, actually. So anyways, tell us a little bit about how you got into Yoga Nidra and why you think it's going to be amazing for the Yummy Mummies. Yeah. Well, I love what you just said. First of all, let me comment on that. So, you know, in terms of postpartum, I love that you've brought it back into your life at that period in time. So you found it as a practice that was really nourishing and helped you to rest, right? And helped you to feel like you were rested. When, as we all know, as moms out there, it is a challenging time of life, right? Zero to four 
plus on forever. But anyway, so I love that you found it at that time and it was more like restorative and healing for you in terms of your postpartum. And that I also love now that you're coming back to it at a different place in life when you're working on like a subconscious reprogram with your clients and working on mindset shifts and things like that. So now you're approaching it from this different angle because you realize the benefits of it in this context which I love. So I'm just reflecting that for you that like you found it kind of at two different points in your life for two different reasons, which is so cool. Totally. And that's kind of like a a teaser about what yoga nidra is. So A, deep rest, right? It's a nervous system overhaul, reset, whatever you want to call it. We're working with our mind and the hemispheres of the brain and how the nervous system functions. And so what nidra does is it guides you through in a really gentle way. It's such a gentle path, resetting from being in like conscious states of stress or even subconscious states of stress. Maybe it's chronic stress that you don't realize you're in and it allows our body to recalibrate and reset and find that parasympathetic response so we can actually get into rest and digest rather than the fight or flight, whether we know, we know we're there or not. So it's a really beautiful that, that tool. And then the other piece of it is now in the scientific community being proven to actually boost neuroplasticity by up to 50%, which is I mean, that's over, that's half. So, you know, for those of you listening, if you're working on changing your mind, this is now being proven by science to be one of the most effective tools to do that. Um, So, so, yeah, which is so cool. And it's so easy because all you do is lay down and listen. It's a lying down meditation technique. It's a guided meditation technique. And where you are moving through the layers of the body. And in yogic philosophy, those layers are called koshas. And so we start with the physical and then we move to the energy layer and then we go all the way down to our most inward layer, which is the bliss layer. You can call it your soul or you can call it source or whatever you want to call it. But as we go deeper, our awareness moves from like this external environment with our eyes open, our 3D world to our eyes closed environment, which is a really cool world if you've never gone in there. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little summary of what it can be, a deep rest, a nervous system reset, as well as a way to change your mind, your habits, your limiting beliefs and and mm-hmm. shift into a better space. Yeah. Oh, I think it's going to be the best supplement ever because I think to your point about fight or flight versus rest and digest, like so many of us, like again, to your point, without knowing it, we're living in this like subtle mm-hmm. fight or flight and we can't it's so hard. Our culture perpetuates living in this fight or flight. And so we're going from waking up, our dogs pooped on the floor, our kids like put permanent marker on the wall <laughs> to like having coffee, which like further jacks us. And then like getting an email from our boss that like, oh no, the dead li- deadlines moved up. And then on and on and on throughout our entire day. And it's like, for me, like I have to schedule it into my day and make it a priority. Otherwise, it can just be this habit. And there's more and more research coming out that like so many of us are really addicted to being in fight or flight. It actually mm-hmm. is it's becoming an addiction to like be in that state because we don't feel safe to rest. We don't yeah. feel safe yeah. to just like stop and lay down. We feel like we have to be doing, 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 going, going, going. Yeah, we are in a state of sympathetic response of the, the nervous system almost every day, all the time. And even sometimes we go below that and we get into the dorsal response where we're like in shutdown mode, we're depressed. We are like crawling in a hole and staying in our bed. We're not able to function. That's fight, flight, freeze, freeze or fawn. And fawn is that learned response where we're like people pleasing in order to not create any sort of waves so that we can 
get out of the situation, right? But it's the freeze response where we like go into full shutdown mode where we're in our dorsal experience. It's so hard to get out of. And in order to do that, we have to find some sort of blended state between the dorsal and that that fight, flight, or freeze response. And then we get back to there where we're like, okay, now I'm just agitated. I'm here. And then we got to get back to the the ventral, which is like, that's approaching things from the high side and the, the we're conscious, we're aware, we're happy. This is when we're in good space. And it's hard when we're moms and we have a thousand balls in the air. You know, we're taking care of our family. I read an article last week about the mental load of a female compared to the mental load of a man. Like the things we categorize in our mind, we're like, okay, I know we need to get dish soap and laundry detergent and string cheese. And I know the white load of the laundry is still in. It will need to be dried by this afternoon. And then I've got to put the dark load laundry in, but I don't want to mix the kitchen towel. So I'll do that later. And then I got the cat's that appointment on Wednesday. And I got, you know, we keep all that in our head as opposed to men don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's a very different thing for moms and for women. And so when we're in that space and we just get overloaded, it causes us to run all the time in that middle chunk when we're in the fire flight mode, we're constantly there. And we get dopamine hits from that too. Mm-hmm. It's almost pleasure that mm-hmm. we get from being in that excited state. Mm-hmm. And so we got to learn how to be in an excited state of pleasure that's not detrimental to us, that's not taxing on our systems, mm-hmm. but the high side, the high side of that. And it does that for us. Right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I always talk about that with my clients. Like, can you get like delicious dopamine hits versus the detrimental mm-hmm. do- dopamine hits? And like the way that I always have them tested is like, go get your pleasure from somewhere that gives you a net positive from something that where you wake up the next morning and you're like proud of yourself versus like, oh shit, I just ate like the kids leftover goldfish or craft mac and cheese or whatever the hell it is. Right. It's like, yeah, we do need the pleasure and we do need the dopamine hits, but can we get it from a place that sustains us versus to your point taxes us? And I do think Nidra gives you that, but it takes the discipline of choosing it in the moment. And for some of us, I think that there's like resistance to, right? Like for me, I haven't really told you this, but I'll tell you now, like when I'm, I'm supposed to be practicing my yoga nidra every single day, but there have been days Mm -hmm. where I'm like, Ooh, I could just get one more thing done instead of do the nidra. And that gets me that dopamine hit in the moment, but it doesn't give me what Nidra gives me, right? (laughs) The Mm -hmm. dopamine plus the restoration. So I think there has to be the willingness to choose. And I will say Nidra is one of the easiest things to choose because you lie down and you're guided. So if any of you out there are listening to this and you're like, oh, meditation, I do like just so you know, Kaylee, and for those listeners out there that aren't in my program, we do mindfulness at the beginning of every single call. And it's very easy and approachable. But some of my clients, and I know some of the people listening, and this is me too, actually, like have an aversion to some forms of meditation. Like if you're curious about meditation, like this is the way in. This is definitely like the easiest way to access it, I think. And I think the bang for your buck is crazy. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of things you mentioned. Okay. Number one is awareness. So you said you have to have the willingness to choose. Yes. And what I'll say to that is first, we have to have awareness. And I shared this poem with AOIS and I'm going to share it with your yummy mommies now, but there's a poem by a woman named Portia uh, Nielsen and it's called, there's a hole in my sidewalk. And this poem, basically, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk, you fall in the hole, you're in the hole, you're the victim, the hole is there. It's not your fault. 
by the end of the poem, you're walking down the sidewalk, you're falling in a hole, you're realizing it's your fault. And then you, you go around the hole and then you just go down another sidewalk, right? So the awareness happens. Oh shit, there's a hole. But we're going to still keep repeating the pattern a few more times before we can consciously practice getting out of the hole and then consciously go down a whole nother sidewalk. And that's the ultimate choice, right? But the pattern never actually disappears. And what I mean by that is like, if you have a limiting belief, say your limiting belief is I'm never going to lose the weight. I can never lose this weight, right? It's not going to come off my body. If you have that limiting belief and you are playing into the like, well, it's not going to come off my body because it's my genetics. It's the baby weight. It's just not going to come off. Like whatever the reason is, whatever your belief system and structure is, there has to be an, a reckoning and awareness and an awakeness where you take responsibility for where you are at in your life and you stop blaming everyone else and everything else outside of you. That's the first awareness. Then next time you're presented with a choice, say you have a late night craving and you're like, what am I going to eat? Am I going to eat my kids leftover mac and cheese that's in the fridge? Or am I going to cut up some apples and dip it in a little almond butter, whatever the thing is. Then the next day you're like, okay, I made that choice. It feels better for me. Maybe I am in control a little bit. Maybe I'm in charge here, but it takes the awareness first of you like stepping into your full accountability for where you are in your life at this point in time. That's no one else's fault. We can't blame it on anyone else. We are in charge of that. Yeah. And thank so God. That's the, thank God. Really, thank God. honestly, because right. if we had to like control the universe in order to weigh what we wanted, we would just never get there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first piece I wanted to tease out is yes, it's a choice and a willingness to choose. But first we have to have the awareness and then we have to choose it again and again and again and again so that one day we just walk around and go a different side of grace. Yeah. And the other part of that is like the patterns never really go away. It might always be a thing for you, but it might morph and change in different ways. Right. Once we're complete with how a pattern is presenting it to us, to itself to us now in this period of our life, we can complete that loop. We can finish out the pattern and how it's now presenting to us, but then it will morph into a different version of that. And so we have to be, we're on alert and we're looking for what are the similarities in the, the new patterns that are coming yes. up and how is that related? Oh no, it can again. happen all the time with weight loss. Like I'll see this. I mean, we do such root work that this is rare, but oftentimes people will come and they'll do like part of the program. They won't go like fully in and they'll be like, Oh, I think I'm transferring my like ice cream habit to my, to a, like a wine habit, or I'm transferring my like trail mix at 9 30 PM habit into a shopping habit. Or like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to the break room at two 30 for like a latte, but instead I'm on Amazon. And so you're right. It's like, we, we do have to, again, it's all about awareness. And like, what I love to teach is like, this is like a lifelong practice. Like, yes, we're going to lose weight for the last time, but it is a lifelong practice of like being a student of yourself and yeah. being aware. And I think that's like right. really cool actually, because otherwise it's sort of boring. I don't know. Like what else? <laughs> then we're just done. I don't know. But I agree. I think so yeah. many with any patterns, right? It's like, I always talk about it as like, and I I send that poem out to my list once a year. Like I love that poem because it's so related to weight loss. Like it's so related to weight loss, right? And I always say like with habit change, there's like step zero, right? And you're like, you're just eating the bag of popcorn and you're not even really noticing. You're like, oh, the bag of popcorn's gone. I barely even felt like I made a choice there. Like I didn't even, it's sort of like it was happening to me. 
And then it's like, okay, I think I do want to start to change my weight. And then step one is like, you notice you did it after the fact. And then step two is like, you mm-hmm. notice you're doing it while you're doing it. And then step three, you notice mm-hmm. right before. And then step four, it's automatic and you're not even reaching for the popcorn. Yes. And I always say, it's kind of a sliding scale. You're like going two steps forward, one step back. Like you'll be in step two and then you're like, oh my God, I'm in step one. And then you'll be in step four and then you come back. And again, it's a practice. But if we practice on a daily basis, whether it's yoga nidra or eating in a way that serves us or whatever, we, for the most part, get to live in the land of number four or in the land of walking down that street that's like the street with all the palm trees and sunshine and no holes. Different different holes. Different holes. Oh, (laughs) I was going for no holes, but you're right. It's a lifelong practice. Different holes. There's always going to be holes, always going to be holes. And the other thing is that you just touched on was consciousness, right? If you're eating a bag of popcorn and you're not consciously thinking about what you're doing, then of course we can eat a bag of popcorn and get through the whole thing. But if we think about every kernel and the taste and the texture and the flavor, and we're conscious to the experience then we're satisfied quicker and we're in love with the moment and we eat a handful rather than the whole fucking bag. And so this is what Nidra does is it shines a big light of consciousness on all of these awarenesses and it, things that we, I call blind spots in my coaching practice with my private clients. And it just turns the lights up and we see it all. And once the awareness happens, then we can start to work with it. But the other thing you mentioned, Laura, which I love is the meditation thing. Like some people are so averse to it, whether it's called mindfulness or meditation and there are certain types that work better for others and so on and so forth. What Nidra is a cold meditation technique, but it's really a nuanced cold meditation technique. And I'll explain that. So a hot meditation is a really good practice for people who have trouble sitting down and closing their eyes and being still. Hot meditations are um, like kundalini yoga practice where you're moving fists of anger, you're, you're doing a kriya, or I have a couple standing hot meditations on my apps, like a qigong standing hot meditation. And so those are really good if you are struggling with sitting down and closing your eyes and just being like, that's challenging. Then you want to go into the hot meditation rubbed and dip your toes in to get the experience. And eventually you'll be able to work out some of the frenetic energy from your system and then sit. So this nidra is a cold meditation. However, it's guided and it's done laying down. So some cold meditation techniques are done sitting up. Like for instance, the pasana is a 10 minute or 10, 10 day silent meditation experience where you're sitting up every day. They call them strong aditan sit, so you can't move an inch. And the, the purpose for that is because you're witnessing sensation in the body and you're using your sensation as a vehicle to go in and then to blast out, right? But this cold meditation technique is not meant to make you uncomfortable to witness your sensations. It's meant to relax you. So this is done lying down. So it's like the easiest zero entry your barrier entry practice you could possibly do mm-hmm. that's just so gentle and so loving so that's why it's kind of like a nuanced cold meditation because it might work for you if a sitting meditation doesn't so yeah. give it a try yeah i love that it's so good so i wanted to bring up this point and i'm curious what you have to say about it but i think so many of my potential clients have this thought of like i know exactly what to do right They've done every workout program. They've done every juice cleanse. They've read every keto book. They've literally, they have like a lifetime membership to Weight Watchers, right? They've done every single thing. And so what can come up is I know what to do. I just can't get myself to do it. And we heal this at the root through mindset shifts and through working on our emotions inside the experience. But I think that the Nidra practice will bring a whole nother element to it. So I wonder if you could speak to that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a manifestation, right? Some people 
can manifest without thinking about it, without going through all the manifestation steps, which you and I teach. Some people just manifest the shit out of life. They can think something and dream it and then there it is, right? Other people aren't as good as that and need to learn the steps. So other people are like, okay, I have to find gratitude. Uh, I'm feeling gratitude for my Porsche, which isn't yet here. You know, we're visualizing our beautiful home, which we're wanting. I feel so much gratitude for this beautiful home I live in. You know, so we're acting as if it's here. We're trying to visualize it. We're going through all these steps of manifestation to bring it into our lives, right? So there's these two different types of people. It's the same in weight loss. It's the same in anything. Some people decide they're going to do it and they just can do it. Other people need every single step laid out for them along the way. And even still, it might be challenging to manifest that outcome, right? Why is that? It's the mind. It's the mind state. It's your energetic presence. I might do everything this woman over here does. Like maybe this woman is an influencer. Say she gets like X, Y, and Z to live it to her home on a daily basis. She's in abundance overflow. They get jobs and things left, right, and center and say, I'm like struggling. I'm fighting tooth of nail to get, but I'm doing everything she's doing. Why isn't it working for me? It's your energetic mm-hmm. presence. That and your, your state of your mind matters. And you can see it when you compare apples and oranges in that way or apples and apples in that way, right? We're doing everything the same. Why don't I have it? Yeah. It's this. That's why this practice is so good because it's the most loving, gentle way for you to go in and start to excavate what is going on here. What can shift? How do I shift that? And you don't, you actually don't even know the how. It just kind of does it yeah. for you, which is pretty That's cool. That's what I love too. Yeah. Because it's working on the subconscious or unconscious, whatever you want to call it. And only 5% of what we're doing is conscious, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's almost bananas that we're, the, the whole universe isn't doing ninja all the time because 95% <laughs> of what is going on is underneath the surface. And so yeah. to be able to play with that and be able to change it without efforting is so cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What happens is then, you know, when we open our eyes and we come out of the experience, hopefully a few little breadcrumbs from the experience infuse their way into our lived reality. And then a few more and then a few more. And so it builds over time. And we start to like, we'll go through our experience like, oh, wow. Uh, Let me give you an example. I had a personal example this weekend where I was walking down the street with a woman who um, is in a mastermind with me. And I was like, we got to get back because we're starting in 10 minutes. Like we we don't want to be late. We don't want to get in trouble. Let's get back. She was so activated by that. Wow. So activated. And I could I didn't know why. I pissed her off. I'm thinking I said, I was like, oh, I just want to get back. I don't want to get in trouble. Like, let's go, you know? Come on. The next morning, she shared with me, like, I don't operate in that way. I don't operate by someone else getting upset with me. I don't operate by the getting in trouble, by the upsetting so and so if I'm not there on a certain time. That's not how I not how I roll. And I was like, holy shit, that's people-pleasing. That's people-pleasing energy. I had no clue. But because I, I do this practice of nidra, I was open to see it. First of all, I wasn't like, ah, oh, fuck her, yeah. her, whatever. Yeah. I was open to see it. I was curious about her experience and my how I, what I did had impacted her, activated her. And so I saw very clearly that's a part of my pattern. That's a part of my what I'm working on shifting right now. People pleasing is a manifestation of my pattern embodied. And I didn't realize it ran that deep. That that mm-hmm. small like comment matters. That small about, oh, let's get back. I don't want to be late matters. 
And so we're aware of the pattern, but then it's all these other things that we can do to shift it, right? That tiny little sentence there. Let's get back. I want to honor time, my time commitment. It's a good way to shift it. Mm-hmm. You see yeah. what I mean there? Totally. Because you can operate how you want to operate without bringing anyone else into it. Yes, you can. And also being aware of my motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Getting back yeah. on time because I want to honor my time commitment is different than getting and back I don't on time. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Totally. Or I don't want to piss someone off for being late. Yeah. It's well, a very I- different energy. It's so true. And I think we talk a lot about this in the Yummy Mummy experience, going back to your point of like, where is it coming from? Like the energy that it's coming from. Like I talk a lot about like your thoughts cause your feelings, cause your actions. And it's this loop, right? And so your thoughts cause your feelings. Your feelings are your fuel for your actions. You want your feelings to be clean fuel, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if it's people pleasing fuel, the, the result, there's always, there's another layer after the action, there's a result line. And I talk all, all about this on the podcast too, but you're not going to get a positive result if your fuel, if your feeling line is not clean. And the same goes for weight loss. So some people come to me and they're like, will you just yell at me? And will you just like punish me and just like get me in trouble, like whip me into shape? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. like that's not going to work in the long run, right? Because our feeling line has to come from love like we have to lose weight from love and like people like cringe like i don't want to do the yummy mommy because i don't want to love myself i just want to be skinny i don't care about that i'm like okay well good luck with that you can't hate yourself then because hate or punishment or whatever you want to call it is not going to give you that clean fuel and you're going to end up yeah you probably will lose 10 pounds but you're going to gain it right back but if you do it from love Mm -hmm. or acceptance or we always come up with our why like why are we doing this and your whys have to be compelling and in alignment with your future self and your highest self. And when we lock that in, then it becomes actually fairly effortless because we're like, oh, I'm not doing this to earn my worth. Oh, I'm not doing this to earn my value or to prove something. I'm doing this just because I want to feel fucking good and light and alive and confident in my body. And when it flips, it's like, it's just so much easier to create. It's so interesting, the like the, the people pleasing, because there's so much people pleasing eating that happens. I'm like, I swear to God, like there are probably millions of women walking around with like 15, 20, 30 pounds of people pleasing pounds on them because they're mm-hmm. afraid to say, no, thanks. That doesn't serve my body or to mm-hmm. just say, no, thanks, period. <laughs> Because we're like so scared to disappoint other people or just disappoint our mother-in-law or disappoint right. the woman who's leading the retreat or, or whatever it might be by by saying no and like appointing our future self. I always am like, you have to we have to be willing to disappoint, you know, our mother-in-law or whoever is offering whatever food in order to like appoint our future selves in order to like really be who we want to be. Right. I love what you said. And also like the for me and for when I coach and work with my clients. I teach them that people pleasing is the highest form of lying. Oh yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that in the ninja training. It's abandoning Mm -hmm. yourself, I think. Absolutely. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to others. And that's like the worst thing that you could possibly do. And so even though it's like, you know, it's a pile of shit, it's laced with perfume or whatever blanket you want to cover it with. It's still underneath (laughs) it all a pile of shit, right? So you also said a phrase in there that I hope you have in like everything that you're doing, which was you can't hate yourself then. 
Oh, yeah, it's so true. You said those words, write them down if you're not promoting and doing all your stuff with that phrase, because that is a powerful phrase. And you can change that out for anything that you want to say. But like, yeah, yeah, I know you can't. It just doesn't work. We've all tried. Like I had tried for freaking 20 years. Doesn't work. It's like, (laughs) let's just try and not let's just try love or acceptance. And then if it doesn't work for you, you can go back to hate, which that will never happen because the love, the loving way works. Mm-hmm. The loving way works. That's right. And, yeah. th- and that's why ninja works too, because it's such a loving way. It's a loving way for you to meet yourself where you are. And it's not abrasive. You're not, you don't have somebody there yelling at you. You know, it really is the gentle path. Can you talk a little bit about Sankalpa? This is like one of the mm. big parts of yoga nidra. And I think that like the listeners would be like really interested in it because it is one way to reprogram your brain and to kind of like, I don't know crush some of those limiting beliefs. Yeah, this is great. Laura and I were just actually texting offline about Sankopa. So it's perfect intro here. And so I love the really even intention, like the wellness communities is mantra or intention or, um, you know, those are kind of like ephemeral. They're fleeting. They're not substantive. They don't have a power or a fuel behind them. So when we're saying mantras all day, we're like, I am beautiful. I am thin. And I love myself. Blah, blah, blah. You can repeat that till the cows come home, but if you really don't believe it, it's not going to work. Right. And so same with intention and intention is something that's short lived. It's like my intention is to be present. My intention is to love on my body while I'm doing this yoga practice. My intention is to listen instead of speak. So those are all great and fine and dandy, but there's no like charge or emotional component that are attached to those. Right. They're sort of like hollow in a way, not hollow, but just not charged. The oh, yeah. Pulpit. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And a sakopa is different because it has is backed by a, a powerful energy. So Joe Dispenza, one of my favorite teachers, calls it a powerful emotion with a focused or clear intention. Those two things together is a recipe for success. Yoga Nidra teaches it in this way of sankopa, which is a vow of truth, meaning it's what is true. The statement is always true. So it's not a half truth or a small truth. It's a capital T truth, which means like is, was, and always will be. And so what Sankopa does is it basically guides you towards setting a vow of truth for yourself that's rooted in your heart, that's rooted in a, a very emotionally charged place for you that has to stamped with that energetic imprint. And so that's why it oftentimes works because it is meaningful. It means something to you. And if you don't have it, that also means something to you. So it's always stated in a positive and present moment statement, and it's really concise. We want to keep it short and concise so that it's potent and powerful. And it typically is stated as an I am statement. If you've done any studying with St. Germain, who's also like an ascended master or a collective of souls speaking through, it's an embodied human. St. Germain does a lot of I am statements. And even just that, the statement I am or aham in yogic philosophy is so powerful. But we can pair that with something like I am loved or I am worthy or I am valued or, you know, something like this. Then it becomes really charged. And when we say that statement, the idea is in yoga nidra that 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 sort of attunes our body to the frequency of that statement. And we sort of align every cell to that frequency, every every piece, every fiber of our being to that frequency. Plant the seed at the beginning of a nidra, or we introduce the idea of sankalpa at the beginning of the nidra. And then at the very end of the practice, when you're in that final layer that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, right? We're talking about the the koshas or the layers of the body, the final layer of the bliss body is the layer that gets you out of your physical container and, and allows you to experience yourself as bigger yeah. than the body. 
And so you're, you really come to meet your soul. You commune with your soul and you commune with God, divinity, and that we are a piece of God. And when you're in that genie out of the bottle experience, then we bring the sankalpa back in at the end of the nidra so that you really feel the truth of it. You feel the truth of the statement. At the beginning, you might not like, I am worthy. I might not feel that fully, but I'm going to say it. But at the end, when you're in that state, that expanded state, you feel it and you realize it. And it's like, holy shit, I am more than my body. Holy shit, am I, I am worthy. I am value. I am, I am. And so that is what a sankalpa does. And then because we're in an elevated state of awareness, we also pass through our heart and our heart is like the fourth dimension. So we move from our physical world, our 3D world through the eye of the needle, the heart, which blasts us into this fifth dimensional reality, which is the energetic world, the field, if you want to call it the vortex, the matrix. In the infinite field, everything exists in possibility. Being thin exists. Being fit, being healthy exists. All we have to do is then locate that energetic frequency out there and then use our sound culpa or our heart. It's like a magnet that's just like a honing beacon. It's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and it pulls it out of the field and it brings it into form, into reality. Anything in form like this cup, somebody first had to think about this cup and envision this cup in their mind to then pull it from energy into form, right? My phone, my, my ring, anything that exists was first an idea, a thought, and now it's here. And so if you can think it, if you can have the idea of, I want to be fit and healthy and thin because I love myself, because I am loved, you can create that reality and you can do it with this practice. Like I said, boost neuroplasticity by 50%. It's being proven that this practice works. Mm. So yeah, it's the, again, I come back to that, like loving, gentle nature, nature of the practice through Sankalpa because it's all about your heart. Yeah. There's well, I think that's so powerful because it's like, it's a way of believing right? Because sometimes my clients or potential clients will come in and they're like, well, I just don't believe I can do it. I've tried so many times and failed so many times. I have all this evidence that I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. of course, that's false evidence, right? It's not, you know, it's kind of like, to your point of like, there's two creations, there's one in the mind, and then one in the when it like comes to life, right? And your past has nothing to do with what you can create in the future. And I do think that the Nidra practice helps us to believe faster and let go of the limiting beliefs faster. And that's another reason why I love Nidra and I love coaching and I can't wait to bring the two together because I'm all about like, let's make this like effective and efficient. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know me, I love asana practice. I love yoga asana. Like if you guys are like, what does asana mean? It's just like, think of power yoga, but that's basically what it is. I love that. And I love, I I still love it, but it's not as potent or powerful or transformational as coaching and nidra is to me. That's just my personal experience. I just think, and, and that's one of the reasons why I stopped teaching so much yoga is because I was like, you know what? I think I can I could do more if I go down this road over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you said about they just don't believe, right? Your clients just don't believe they can lose the weight. And yes, that's true. If you're collecting all of the evidence, why not? Then you're going to continue to see why not. Mm. And once you make the choice, and it is a choice you have to make, you can choose to stay in the why nots for the rest of your life. And you're, mm. and then you're right. You won't lose the weight. You're absolutely right. You're creating that reality for yourself. But if Confirmation you, you can, bias. Exactly. When you make the choice to start seeing the whys instead of the why nots, that's where the shift happens. And it's it's a choice you have to make. So you can stay in the why not as long as you fucking want to. It will never work. And you're right. 
But then if you're curious about maybe there are some whys, then you can start collecting the evidence as to why it just might work. And then you might start to believe that evidence. My private clients keep a book of miracles. It's like, it could be as small as like pulling in and getting a rock star parking lot, parking spot at the coffee shop or whatever. But those tiny little miracles that add up, that prove to you, Mm -hmm. you know, that see that actually the whys exist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good because it's, yeah, it's, it's to your point. It's just choice. Like you really get to choose, but I will say the way that, that you're describing it, it sounds kind of easy. I think it's a little bit hard to choose a new path, right? Because it's like, you have to let go of the familiar (laughs) and like our lower brains, like their whole job, like freaking half of our brain, its job is to keep us the same, to keep us familiar. So in order to be like, you know what, I'm going to choose the wise, or I'm going to choose to look for why I can do this instead of why I can't do this. There will be a little bit, because you're a human being with a normal human brain, there will be a little resistance and oh well take a deep breath (laughs) and just try it i always say like just try looking for the whys instead of the why nots you can always go back you can always go back and do it the old way that's right and that is comfortable it is familiar you know where that leads you so okay this is true and maybe there's something else that exists that's true at the same time right so get curious try it and then you're right if you don't like it if it doesn't work then go back to doing the why nots but at least give it a shot because otherwise you know where the why nots yeah you know where that leads you that's the known so curiosity is my favorite it's like the best it's so gentle and like approachable i just love it so good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tell us like your personal experience with (laughs) nidra like how did you come to find it and love it and how has it benefited you transformed you well, I love what you said earlier about um, teaching less yoga and moving more into coaching. I believe that the physical practice is a piece and not the whole thing, right? So a lot of people come to yoga for the workout and then they'll start to get a little bit of the work in and then they realize this isn't enough. I need more work in, right? And so that was my path. I came to yoga. I started teaching and modeling, doing all the stuff and I loved it for the workout aspect. I loved how my body looked. I loved how my body felt. I loved the money I was making. It was a exciting time in my life. And then I started to get those little traces of the work in. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is real good. And then I wanted more. And so I, I didn't find Nidra at first. I found other meditation techniques. I trained with Johnny Pollard, who's a close friend and teacher and guide of mine. He founded the app One Giant Mind, which is a Vedic meditation so it's mantra-based and they actually use the mantra aham where I am. Mm. So I trained with him in person in New York City and that was beautiful. And then I trained, I did transcendental and I, I went to Vipassana, the silent meditation. And I just, I really dove deep for a few years. I was in it. And in, in tandem, I was doing things like the Hoffman process and training with my coach or the intimacy experts or whatever, really deep dive for a few years. And then Nidra presented itself to me very, in a weird way. One of my girlfriends was joining a training and it was being led by a friend of mine as well. And and she just asked me the day before the training started, would you want to do this with me? And I was like, yeah, it wasn't in my awareness until that moment. And so I just jumped in the day before it started. And I knew day one, the moment I was in it, I knew that it was going to be something for me. Mm -hmm. And the training was profound in a lot of ways and not in a lot of ways. After that, I dove deep into my practicing of it. I was teaching and practicing, teaching and practicing and teaching and practicing for two years. And then I stopped teaching and I just practiced 
And that was the time when I got pregnant and had my daughter, Sunny. So I taught it, I taught it as my same as you was like my postpartum recovery and my like deep dive into what it really means to be an embodied practitioner. And that was, you know, almost like a two year period. Mm. And then from that space, from me really going in instead of teaching and just practicing, that's where AOYS, the Academy of Yogic Sleep was born. And that's when I was like, I had to teach people how to use this because anybody can use it. We've had doctors, therapists, yogis, breathwork healers, mentors, coaches, that it's effective no matter where use it. Mm. And that's what I love about it. Like anybody, anybody can use this. It's so cool. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so excited to bring it to the yummy mummies. It's so good. Okay. Uh, I'm excited for but, them to receive uh, from you. I know. Me too. <laughs> not to sound <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> okay. So how can the people, how can the yummy mummies find you and get connected to you? Yeah. So my name is Kaylee Alyssa and my website, my Instagram, everything thing is that. Um, but if you're interested in Nidra specifically, it is the Academy of Yogic Sleep. Laura can give you her information there. And we actually are giving Laura a referral code. So if you're interested in joining our next cohort, it starts in January of 2024. And and so Laura can give you her personal referral code to use for that. Fun. I'll put it and, in the show notes. That's so yeah, cool. And that will be in the show notes. I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. It's been so special, totally not random, totally synchronistic, like so meant to be in so many mm-hmm. ways. So glad we got to reconnect. Okay, you guys. So go follow Kaylee on Instagram. Check out her website. Check out AOYS if you're interested. It is the best. Highly, highly, highly recommend. And yeah, I love you guys so much. I hope you all have the absolute best week ever. And thank you so much, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love it, love it, if you leave a rate, review, and a subscribe on whatever you're listening to this podcast in. Pretty, pretty pleased with a cherry on top. It would help me so much, and it would help all the other mamas out there hear this message. Thank you in advance. I really appreciate it. And you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It's my proven lose weight for the last time group coaching and course. Head to lauraconley.com and just click work with me. Other than that, you guys, I would love to give you a free gift. If you want your free listener only gift, go to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. And from there, you will get your free best ever weight loss hack. So cool. The last thing I want to tell you, you guys, is I do have a free Facebook group. It's called, you guessed it, The Yummy Mummy. Lose weight for the last time, end body drama, and get food freedom. You can just search that on Facebook, or again, you can head to the show notes and you'll find the link there. All right, you guys, have the best day ever.